This episode is brought to you by Longhorn Lager from Farmer's Creed Beer. Nope, where's Buck? It's time to grab the bull by the horns. Do you ever listen to this song? It's a good song. I feel like uh, we don't give it its due. We, uh, we only listen to... Uh, uh, it's D Foresters if you're listening, and we only listen to about four to eight seconds of it every episode. But check them out; they're a great band. They got some good tunes. This is Beer and Bullshit, the podcast. Uh, my name is Ben Johnson. My co-host is Chris Pellerin. Uh, I would say sports scientist. Is that a tech? You could legally be called a sports scientist. That's accurate. For I those mean... who don't know, I mean everyone knows, but for those who don't, in grade eight. Chris did an amazing presentation called The Science of Sports that people still talk about to this day. I would say you, if people that don't know this, I mean, most people would know that about me. I know, but there's you gotta you we reach a pretty broad audience and we can't be too North American centric. I would think it's fair to say that most people in North America know about your grade eight gifted program presentation to Miss Hutchison called The Science of Sports which was recorded on a cassette tape and had a slideshow element. But for international listeners, they may not be aware that you broke down things such as the knuckleball, uh, the slap shot. Is that accurate? I don't even remember. I remember the no, knuckleball. It's, it's about right. And, you know, we were just talking about this a little bit. And I'm thinking, what? Like, why would I record why would I painstakingly record like 40 <laughs> minutes with a microphone into a cassette tape instead of just talking about the slides that were up? I don't well, understand. The, the best part about it and our friend, I don't know if Bob listens to the show, Bob Mamandras, our old friend, uh, we, we, we ripped on you for like 10 years about it because when you recorded it, it was so not your normal voice. Like you had a normal voice as a kid, but when you recorded this thing, you must have been in a closet with a semi-whisper like, the knuckleball is produced by putting your hands on the ball. Like you just sounded so stupid. Even a great eight. Listeners, our listeners would know that I've got a little bit of a monotonous voice. So I think I was just trying to, you know, bring some inflection in whilst finishing up puberty. So it was not a perfect sounding recording. It's It was memorable to say the least. And you, the, but before we started recording, you were recounting a hilarious time that your brother and his friends got high and listened to it for an hour. And I think that would be an enjoyable activity even at age 42. I would do that right now. Like I said, I'm going to look for I'm going to look for the cassette tape. I'm going to look for some way to play that cassette tape. And uh, maybe we maybe we find a way to bring it onto the show. I think, I think if we have an episode with if we have an episode with no guests, let's just air that in its entirety with no context. Unless you've heard this one and understand why, it'll be Buck Martinez's intro and then you for an, <laughs> an hour as a 13-year-old explaining the science of sports. Just referencing all sorts of slides that our listeners can't see. <laughs> it's high-quality uh, entertainment. Good times. Good times. In case you're wondering, we got into the... I mean, you're not wondering. You press play on your podcast device whatever it is you're listening to be it your ipod your ipad your desktop or your phone but you already know a cassette player yeah we should release cassettes of this show they would be hot sellers uh tonight it's a, a bit of a sports theme we've got mark and mandy murphy from left field brewery uh one of my favorite breweries in Ontario. I'm not shy to be a fanboy, and people I've known since before they opened the brewery and when they 
were just a contract brewing. I've known them for a long time, and they're at the cusp of opening a second location in Liberty Village in Toronto, which I think is a very exciting development. So that's why we're talking sports tonight. I mean, I could have used them at my last Blue Jays game where left the stadium and it was just hard huffing for like an hour and 10 minute walk. And like a, a, a beer stop along the way, getting to Austin and Dundas would have been a perfect stopping place to stop on, at Liberty Village. I mean, you, if you walked an hour from the stadium without finding a beer, you're a fool. There's so much good beer within an, <laughs> within an hour walk of the Sky Dome. No, we weren't going to stop for a beer. But had I had a really purposeful place to stop, I uh, might have been able to convince the boys. I see. I see. I see. Okay, well, let's get to our before we get to our interview, a random. Uh, it's not really a self-promoting plug, but kind of. Um, those who don't know about the Growler, Chris, do you read the Growler? I bet you don't read the Growler. Do you read the Growler? I do read the Growler. Most of my content these days is blog, e magazines, that type of thing. So I, in fact, do read the Growler. You read it online? Of course. No, oh, it's 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 mostly paper based. I feel like I have a hard time finding. Anyway, that's also why I like it. So anyway. I feel like you're lying. You don't really Yeah, know. I feel like I just got caught in a lie. But I mean, I know you publish stuff on the Growler, but no, I, it's okay, available so, online. Okay. So the Growler is a West Coast uh, publication. It's a it's a small paper uh, magazine, and it's available in breweries. Like I think they have a small sales team. I don't know how it works, but they're mostly in tap rooms and breweries. And we do have our own Ontario version edited by jordan st john he's a beer writer blogger has a podcast i think it's on hiatus but anyway uh it's like the only way i kind of keep in my beer writing zone is to write occasionally for them they come out i think uh seasonally now so that word was seasonally in case you're asking um there's about four of them uh a year at this point but anyway i like print i love seasons i love picking up yes i love picking up something and reading and and reading it, uh, it feels like a bit of a throwback. Uh, I used to read a lot of print beer writing back in the day, notably The Grid. I feel like that's come up on this show before. The Grid was a weekly paper. Uh, Crystal Luxmore wrote about beer. Someone else wrote about spirits. This is a long way of saying you should buy The Growler, or if you are a brewery, get it in your tap room. I'm not just saying that because I write for them. I, I took one to swimming lessons today with my kid because they, they mailed me one because I'm in it. But uh, Mark Solomon is a is a beer writer uh, and a home brewer and a, a, a beer enthusiast. And a uh, spoiler alert: I've read this, and I, he's coming on the show in a couple of weeks because I was like, I gotta have this guy. In. Um, I read a just like, like an essay about beer. Like I picked up a magazine and read a great essay about beer, and it really just was about Mark going hunting, which I don't do. I'm not a hunter, but I was, I got the vibe. He likes, he's got a cot. They call it a camp, not a cottage. I think it's called the article's called camp, not cottage in the Sioux. And it's, you know, he starts his trip with his family at a brewery. They got a case of beer for the trip. They close out a brewery when they, you know, they clean and prepare the moose meat. Anyway, had a nice experience reading a print piece about beer in the growler. Uh, and you should too. I'm, I'm in there too. I wrote this, 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 uh, last episode, episode jesus this last issue i wrote about beer lab our friends here in london ontario who are expanding they're taking over the space next door uh for a whole bunch more seating and uh spoiler alert a a pizza parlor of some sort so they're gonna have some food but uh 
anyway, that was a very long-winded way to say support print media and buy the growler. Sorry, Chris. Your cat I'm glad no, your cat no. came. I'm glad your cat came in to entertain you while I went on a random diatribe telling people to buy the growler. She's been sitting over there for an hour. I've been waiting for her. She's, she's, she's <laughs> finally sensed the computer. Um, anyway, there's something about, like, I mean, are you an e-reader guy, a book guy? I think you you, you said you had a Kindle. I I, I can't. Do I that. do I have a, I do have a Kindle, but I also still have multiple publications that I subscribe to that uh, uh, are placed strategically in baskets in various bathrooms and places. You still have that Playboy in your toilet. You still have Playboys. I can't believe it. No, you know what? Some of the some of some of my wife's feminist friends didn't like it 15 or 20 years ago. And here we are. I get woodworking magazines only, experimental aviation magazines. I mean, it was weird to have a subscription to Playboy. I think that's that's a kind of an odd thing. That's like my a wife dirty, gave it to me. She liked the articles too. It's a dirty uncle thing. Anyway. Why don't you replace it that Playboy-sized hole in your heart with Growler? I would love to. I'm going to find it online right now. I'm just kidding. It's a great Christmas, to... a great Christmas present. Subscribe to the Growler. Um, we get. Let, we should get to our guest. Is there anything else you want to talk about, though? How was your week? I we haven't talked in a while. It's a it's a week, you know, just grinding it out. <laughs> <laughs> good good how about you buddy oh, i had a great week chris <laughs> really good week uh you're welcome you're welcome for me asking <laughs> uh you know what i'm excited to talk to mark and mandy we've already talked to them obviously they're lovely people i i feel like i was a little scatterbrained tonight so forgive me i didn't have a clear and concise uh uh line of questioning because uh I don't know, from uh, the way they treat their brand to the way they brewed their beer to the way they treat their employees. I've always been a fan of left field. They do things in a really like calculated and uh, uh, sincere way. I'm not uh, trying to pile on too much praise, but here we go. Um, uh, I like them. I'm glad that they're, I, I think that uh, we kind of touched on this, but I think that the move to Liberty Village is going to be a financially rewarding one for them. And I'm I'm happy for them. I like to see uh folks that are passionate about what they're doing and doing good things uh succeed we didn't even mention the fact they were one of the first one of the first breweries in ontario to pay a living wage too so like they do it right and the beer's good i finished uh a frozen rope while we talked and i'm hard pressed to think of a left field beer i don't like so i'm i was happy to have our friends mark and mandy on the show tonight yeah i mean i think we've talked about it on the show before that um sometimes when it comes to breweries when you can feel the personality and and there's a you know sort of a a genuine feel to it. it 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 helps you know i mean it it feels more real when you're consuming that beer it kind of brings that local uh vibe to you a little bit more than um you know something that seems a little bit more contrived they they feel very uh yeah just I feel real like the theme every i feel like every week lately the word authenticity comes up so if you're listening don't be a fucking phony cuz we smell it me and Chris are out here, the authenticity police. <laughs> well, and but we will encourage you to sell out, right, Benny? Uh, sell out authentically. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right, well let's said. talk to Mark and Minnie. Did you guys open a beer? I, oh, you've already got one on the go. We did. Mark said not to wait um, and that you didn't care about cracking it on uh, on camera. Well, it never actually works, and it's always pretty cheesy to have the sound try to be the beginning of your podcast, so... 
Why do I get in trouble every time for not cracking it on sound? Uh, I just like to give you a hard time, generally speaking. So I asked you guys before we started recording how things are. <laughs> you just looked at each other to see if the other one would answer first. So I'll try again now that we're recording. How are you? We're good. Great. <laughs> <Eight. laughs> A plus. Nailed it. Is that, is that just the look of being in it once again with opening a brewery? Yeah, we're in it, uh, but like 10 times more than the last time. Like in what sense? Size, capacity, dollars, staff, all of the above? Not all of the above, just sim- quantity and volume of work and things to do. Yeah. Is it uh, more fun or less fun than the first time around? I think it's just different. Yeah. Like- There's fun elements. Uh, I think we just know so much more now than we did then. And so the uh there's there's no more um being naive about certain things you kind of know what's at stake so right there's kind of like that blissful ignorance when you do it the first time you're like this will be easy and now you're like what the fuck are we doing this again for the first time we opened with five staff and tomorrow uh training for 55 staff starts wow wow that's crazy how much of that is like hospitality like i don't even know let's talk about your new setup what's mark and mandy murphy by the way if you're tuning in we'll have an intro before this happens so people will know and your faces will be on the episode art but yes we're talking all things left field tonight uh i've read some like high level details about the new space but fill me in what's the vibe go ahead me with the vibe yeah all right uh well i mean it's a lot different than our production brewery in the east end of toronto that space is um you know, a 20 barrel brew system and a 40 seat tap room uh, with the retail store. But in Liberty Village, we signed a lease for an 11,000 square feet over two floors, full kitchen, 250 seats inside, 50 or so uh, on the patio next spring. Um, And yeah, with that comes the need for uh, around 50 plus um, staff, front of house and back of house. Well, including my next door neighbor's nephew. I was just checking my text messages to find out his name and I don't have it, but okay. Andy Andy Waring's nephew. <laughs> well, watch for that. We'll keep an eye tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you also you asked about the vibe. So it's super casual, uh, very similar to Wagstaff. Um, in fact, that's one of the things we want to focus on is bringing that taproom vibe, but into a more of a restaurant setting. So super casual, lots of communal seating. Uh, and similar programming like the um, the tap room, say Euchre or Trivia or other theme nights like that. Yeah, I mean, you guys early on were one of the, I mean, early on, but I mean, when when sort of Toronto beer was just kind of up and coming, if we can even say that, but you guys were like the first real community hub that I could I can think of, like every brewery kind of is, but you guys really embraced it. I remember, I think you guys are just really savvy at like getting good PR, but we were in contact a lot. And I remember there was like, uh, like a noise complaint and it threatened to shut down elements of your like community vibe. And there was a pretty big backlash. Do you guys remember that it was probably like 2015, 2014 or something, but like That's somebody true. complained you're being too loud. And it was like 99% of people like, this is where we go for beers and bring the babies and it's the dogs and everything. And then one shitty neighbor, <laughs> I remember that vividly for some reason. Yeah, we rem- we remember that very clearly. It was uh, it was extremely stressful when we were going through it, but now it's kind of funny to think back. We we still get folks asking us. Um, oh, sorry, that's Wrigley. <laughs> Wrigley. How old's Wrigley that. now? Wrigley's kicking, eh? Is uh, eight and a half, I guess. Okay. Sorry, he's gonna. Born in nineteen oh eight. 
different, different Wrigley. He's going to need in and out now and then through the show. Sorry for the. Uh, sorry we both that. have annoying dogs. It's we're good. Not that Wrigley's annoying, but I'll, I'll, most dogs are. <laughs> yeah, what I was saying is it's it's kind of funny to think back to that because to this day we still get people encountering us and they're like, "Left field, that's the neighbor noise brewery." <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> well i did a google for like recent news and i feel like when you guys were sort of up and coming you were fighting a lot of good fights there was a lot of bullshit around contract breweries back when you guys gave a shit about contract breweries and i'm just kidding but you did do a lot of like this isn't fair why can't we sell our beer here and that sort of thing so there were i mean i definitely contributed to the fact that you were in the news quite a bit back then but like if I look for you now, it's uh, business as usual. Like it's all Greg Klaus saying you guys are releasing this beer and this beer. So other than the news that you're, uh, you know, opening a great new space, it seems like things have quieted down or at the very least you figured out how to handle them quietly, I guess. Uh, maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we haven't had a good controversy in a while. Well, um, let's start something. Say something yeah. horrendous on the podcast tonight. <laughs> I mean, just to touch on what you were saying, like back in the day, um, I think we were like the first sort of brewery and tap room of our kind with um, no kitchen whatsoever. Um, you know, we it didn't really exist. Like Bellwoods exists. That's a brew pub. Um, Black Oak had a brewery and a retail store, but you know, you couldn't really drink there. Like those sort of tap rooms and breweries didn't exist. Yeah, I mean, you had Steam Whistle in Amsterdam and they both had tap rooms kind of in the downtown floor, but a uh, little different, like the neighborhood vibe that we have and being in this like little industrial strip embedded in a neighborhood was pretty, pretty different in, uh, in Toronto, at least Ontario, probably at the time. Uh, and yeah. we, we took that inspiration, as you know, from like traveling to ballparks and breweries throughout the U.S. And uh, it was really, that scene was really exploding in a lot of great beer cities. So it's really cool to see Toronto's like gotten there and then some, uh, and so is most of Ontario. Yeah. I mean, our idea of what a tap room was supposed to look like, I look back at the early days when you used to go to the original Amsterdam, like down under a bridge. And it was like, there's like four stools and you stand around and hope someone talks to you about beer. <laughs> so it's pretty different. Um, you guys always had like a, made an effort to stay local in terms of the other organizations you worked with. I mean, you'll have your own kitchen now, but like, what is the vibe for food? Can you get into those details? Or are you still ironing things out? Oh no, they're, they're pretty well ironed out. There's a couple of menu items that we're deciding to like keep, keep or kill for opening, but the menu is like pretty, pretty much nailed. Oh, nice. Uh, and like, it's not going to surprise you that hot dogs, ballpark inspire. <laughs> it's a ballpark inspire kind of like American carnival sort of vibe of a menu like mark said earlier extremely casual and just like having a lot of fun with uh having a lot of th fun with like foods that we've been inspired by throughout our baseball travels uh through america and yeah i guess sort of regional u.s specialties will make appearances especially when um teams are vi visiting from from other ballparks like mm. i don't know say um i don't know choose any team and what are they known for? What is that city known for? Food when the Tigers are in town, you're going to have De Detroit style square pizza. There you go. <laughs> Philly cheesesteaks. There you I go. Philly cheesesteaks. Keep them coming. Are you this? <laughs> Wait a the minute. They're just writing their menu tonight. <laughs> what else have you got for us? How do you guys dress your hot dogs? This has been a, this is an ongoing debate for Ben and I. I'm more open to how people want to 
people can do it how they want. Ben is very close-minded when it comes to how you prepare your hot dog. Me and Buck Martinez are closely lined on this, by the way. I don't know if you heard that episode. Think, uh, you guys go depends first. on the setting and what's on offer. But if it's like Looney Dog Night, I just do one of everything. So ketchup, mustard, relish, mayo. Just put it the all on. Mayo on a hot dog, you savage. It's what hard to that? find at the Rogers Center, but occasionally. Yeah, because it's disgusting. It's probably over by the chicken sandwiches where it's supposed to be. <laughs> I mean, I thought that the answer might end after three condiments there, but I was surprised with the mayo there. <laughs> mayo. Well, this conversation came up because I don't know if you saw the game. I'm sure you did, but Buck Buck went off on a, on fans eating uh, ketchup only on their hot dogs. And he was like, had very strong feelings about it. He's like, oh my God, ketchup on a hot dog. Who are these people? And then, and then he, as he was trashing them, he realized that he, Actually, come to think of it, my wife likes ketchup on her hot dog, and he tried to walk it back. And then they came back from commercial, and they clearly had found another guy with two hot dogs with just ketchup. And Buck's like, do they have a special section for these idiots? Like, he was, he felt really strong about it. And I agree. It's mustard only. Get out of here. Mustard only. You can keep ketchup far away from my hot dogs, too. I'm not interested in that. Agreed. Just to touch back on the menu and the kitchen thing, like one one big decision we made early on was to not mayo everywhere. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> was to not work with like um, a restaurant group or a partner with anybody, just to have it all in house ourselves. Um, you didn't call Gabby's or anything like that. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't approach it that way. Okay, I think this so. is probably where the blissful ignorance comes in because we're not restaurateurs, nor have we ever worked in a restaurant. So we're like, oh yeah, we we could we could do this. We could do it ourselves. Yeah, but I think that just comes with baggage, right? So I think it's probably you're gonna it's gonna be painful, but it's gonna be a worthwhile pain, I think. Nobody wants another like Krabby Joe's just stuck in a brewery or something like that. So yeah. Good call. It just wouldn't be authentic to left field to try and you know bring someone else in and work work through that with somebody else that's not left field. Right. Uh, Wouldn't make any sense. Yeah, you guys are very precious about your brand and your business, and you don't want anyone else in it. I get it. I know you too. <laughs> from the day I met you at a shitty bar across the street from my condo on St. Clair West, and you brought me like a bomber of Ephus or something, probably. <laughs> you guys had a, an idea and a vision. So it doesn't surprise me that you don't want other people coming in. <laughs> I was thinking back to that meeting just before we joined the call, Ben, and uh, I remember asking you the same question, like, when is this story going to when is this story going to go? <laughs> drop when are you gonna write this uh you you tightly control your pr and your message and i like it (laughs) funny because like we've been going to the gym and we're kind of known that way at the gym now it's all class-based and the instructor's like where do you want to start uh mark and mandy you okay with this and she calls us out of like 20 people That's good. Well, someone's got to be in charge. I feel the same way when I'm in a group. I'm like, ah, if no one's going to do this, I got to just take this, take the bull by the horns. <laughs> there you go. Well, okay. Here's another one. I, I, and maybe you heard me talk about this earlier. Well, back in my day, I, I didn't love Liberty Village. Like the vibe was unique and not something I loved. It felt like kind of a, uh, like a vertical suburbia. I know it's probably different now. I haven't lived in Toronto for almost a decade, but. Uh, a different vibe from your current location in terms of the people there. Uh, you think it's going to be a good fit or are you tweaking the recipe a bit to make sure it's a good fit? We've got a lot to learn about the neighborhood. I mean, we we think we know what we know about it. And there's certainly a lot of traffic around event periods, like ever been there before in a Toronto FC game and everything's lined up out the door. And right. Conversely, like Monday night at nine o'clock, if there's nothing going on, it's pretty sleepy and snoozy. So we've got a lot to learn about it in that regard. But we think like 
I mean, sleepy, snoozy, younger, sleepy yeah. snoozy Toronto's a different vibe. Like, you go outside in London right now, that's really sleepy snoozy. So, yeah, I get it. But, yeah. But I mean, any any weekday, you look out the front window and there's just, like, people every, absolutely everywhere. And so yeah. uh, it's a lot different than the little laneway on Wagstaff where you, you really have to know where you're going to come seek us out and find us. We don't benefit from foot traffic at all. So... It's going to be quite different uh, than than our current operation, and we definitely have a lot to learn. But it's like a densely populated neighborhood, pretty close to like the downtown core. I feel like we should be able to to figure it out. Yeah, if you asked me five years ago where I where I thought my second brewery would be, Liberty Village probably wouldn't have come to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but we knew we didn't want to go to like other markets like Hamilton or London or Ottawa, like. We wanted to be able to drive there ourselves um and you could drive to london mark it's just two hours yeah okay no thanks <laughs> um and i think we're just fortunate that liberty village is pretty much a constructed neighborhood now it went through a lot of development and now you look around and yes there's condos everywhere but many much fewer of them are under construction compared to five years ago right and there is kind of a like a little ignorant of the beer scene in Liberty Village, but like the craft is there, right? Like a big beer bar, right? Is craft that... brasserie. Yeah. Not to be confused with the craft. Right. Okay. Craft brasserie. Which one uh, do you have to buy your way into the tap line? Or is it both? Of them? I don't know. <laughs> uh, something in the water? Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, which I've never had their beer because I'm so out of touch. And the big rock. There's a big rock there, isn't there? That's right. Yep. So okay. and... go, go, go. Well, Mandy's going to. Not be happy with me spilling the beans, but we brewed a collab with those breweries. All of them? Well, the two of them plus us, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Actually, the brewer Andy had something in the water. He's a former left field brewer, and um, he's brewed at other places as well. Great guy. Oh, and nice. The brewer at Big Rock, Manfred, his um, he used to be the brewer at Three Brewers. So when he came in on our brew day, he had lots of pointers, and we learned lots of things. Right. He showed you where things were. Yeah. <laughs> what you really need to do is track down the people that ran Liberty village brewing company in 2013. <laughs> that would be a collab. I, I think, yeah, I think I, Steve, yeah. Steve, I think I'm still fit. I'd like the Instagram friends with a hint with a couple of, them. I think it was just three people doing Cassandra. Beer. I think. Yeah. We got yeah, to know Cassandra. them uh, back in the early, early days. of left field. We would end up uh, getting positioned beside them at a bunch of beer festivals. And yeah, yeah they had some okay beer. I don't know where it was brewed. I can't remember. No idea. So your space is a um, is a historical building, right? Am I miss Am I messing that up? Has it been around forever, or is it? I'm mixing that up. I'm gonna Google while we talk. You're right. It's a heritage building. <laughs> yeah. um, it was a billiards table factory. Oh yes, you told me. Yeah, that. It, was a, it was a Brunswick um, manufacturing place. <laughs> I I think they not only made um, billiards tables but also phonographs in that location. What a weird combination. And it's over a hundred years old. Yeah. Well, you better have a pool table. Well, we don't have a pool table. Well, that's a big mess. I'm never. Um, Three Brewers had a pool table. It took up some seating near the front, um, but it was never, it wasn't left behind. So, yeah. We turned that area into into a retail store, which is something the Three Brewers didn't have in the space. As soon as you walk in the door, it's a retail store where you can actually like touch and feel and shop for stuff. So, uh, no room for a billiards table anymore, unfortunately. Chris, what are you going to say? The phonograph. I was going to say, did you keep a phonograph? There actually was a phonograph in the space that was manufactured there, but it was like so run down that we gave it back to the landlord and we're like, you could find another use for this. 
You should you got just that one it. extra seat. Get rid of it. We need that other seat. <laughs> yeah. That's another butt in a seat that could be spending money on beer. Get that phonograph out of there. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, I have, I have, I have strong, I'm, I actually was like biting my tongue. I have strong feelings about three brewers. So we won't go there, but I have one of the worst dining experiences in my life was at the young street three brewers, but we, we won't go there. Yeah. I don't, I don't need to add to it either, but um, let's do it. Here we go. Uh, Get Mark canceled tonight. No, just yeah. <laughs> well, people, people immediately assume that the space was vacated um, as a result of COVID, but they actually left before COVID. Um, at that time, they closed three locations all in the GTA. So because of the asbestos in the building, right? <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. No, why do they why do they vacate? What's the story? Well, I don't know. It's just the customers were loving the concept, the fact that they probably expanded a little too quickly and then they were like, This isn't working, and they closed three locations. Right. Well, I'm guessing you guys didn't make that mistake. You've taken your time to expand. It was what, 2014? When did you get your bricks and mortar? 2014? Am I just learned No, you're right. We got the building oh, in 2014. 2014 it took yeah. us a year to build and we opened in May of 2015. Okay. And you've been, has this always been on the, like, I think we talked early, like the minute you guys move into any space or any brewer moves into space, you're like, I wish I'd gotten more space. But I mean, you guys kind of knew that would be the issue. And I think you, you over you overcompensated, but eventually you just must be making more than the space could hold. Um, yeah, when we moved to Wagstaff, I think we were happy there for quite a while. Um, it was meant to be a production brewery. We could still make more beer than we're making, um, but we don't need to produce, you know, double, triple, quadruple the times of, or amounts of beer we need or we make. Um, we need to sell more beer ourselves by the glass. So that's why I wanted to venture into hospitality. Is that the vision that you want to be more of like a, like a hospitality or are you just like, cause I know you guys are pretty practical. You're like, you know what? It's a lot more profitable to sell this thing right in the glass. Let's double down and go hospitality. Cause I feels like the options are like, let's go massive on capacity and production and retail, or let's lean into hospitality. So they both come with different headaches. I think you're about to find out about all the hospitality ones, but what made you think like, we don't want to like, we don't want to go hard on production and cans and retail. I think that's um, eight years of trying to sell lots of beer in the LCBO and just seeing how difficult it is to stand up, you know, stand out on the shelf. Yeah. The other thing you mentioned is retail. Like if it's from our own retail perspective, we've been looking and are allowed to have our, our second retail store, but you have to be brewing there. So, right. Um, that's what we've been after is a second retail store. Right. It would be nice someday to have a third and a fourth. And like that, that's kind of where we would set our sights is doing more of the sales ourselves out of our own doors and in our own stores to create more of a like branded experience and have more, as you said earlier, control over, yeah. <laughs> over that experience, which you really give up a lot of once you start shipping beer across our very large province. I mean, we don't have reps in every market uh we don't have our eyes closely on that product we don't send our beer outside of ontario so yeah we, we would like to have more of a, a branded experience and kind of show people the left field way ourselves you mentioned multiple stores and I, we had scott simmons on from the ocb and i know mandy you're heavily involved with the ocb it, it clearly that's a way you'd like to push the ocb to start you know lobbying for right i mean more stores benefits everyone but it obviously benefits left field too. Would that be something you'd like to like 
I don't know, open up a shop somewhere else outside of Toronto for maybe London, maybe near my house. No, I'm just kidding. But, but like, is, is that, would that be the ideal scenario for you? Like let's open some left field stores or some OCB stores. I think we'd, we'd like to do that. But for me, for me, it's like even less of a business opportunity and more just like a principle that it doesn't make sense to me that the, I sound like a broken record on this, the world's foreign owned multinationals can have hundreds of stores across the province and small brewers supporting the Ontario economy, making good local jobs are limited mm -hmm. to two. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I agree. I just wanted yeah. to put the soapbox out so you could jump on it. What yeah, else do we want to talk that. about? While you're up there, what else can we talk about? No, I no we'll, we'll leave it. Scott did a good job. I don't, I don't need to add to that. Though. I, I couldn't possibly add anything. Yeah. And I mean, we don't have like a roadmap to say how many stores we want to open by some date, but it, you know, a couple would make sense. Yeah. And what, what do you think you're going to bring to, I mean, when you guys opened, you were, you were it. Like you had a vision. You're like, we need a space. We need a tap room. We've got a clear idea. We've seen hospitality and around ballparks. I, I know exactly what you're talking about from going to games in Chicago and Detroit. There's a vibe. It's awesome. And we just haven't really captured it in Ontario. And there's not a lot happening around the Jays for it at all. So I get it. Now there's so much going on in Ontario. Like, what are you, what's your hook? What are you going to do differently? I mean, you've got two places at least that are making beer in an area, a handful of restaurants. Um, this is not as aggressive as the question it's sounding, but like what, what makes you guys different? Like, what do you make? What, what's the hook? That vibe that you just discussed, like that you just talked about without really like pinpointing what it is that it's, yeah. it's that specifically. I mean, have you ever tried to make uh, a group reservation for eight on a big game night? Uh, to watch a game in a, an establishment that's going to have the audio playing of a big game. Like, where are you going to go to do that? There's a handful of places, but they're hard to get into. Uh, they don't like, they don't always cater to large groups. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things we're setting out to not be is this, what I call a stuffy restaurant. That's more concerned about getting you in, in and out um, where a tap room, which you want to carry over to the restaurant um, but don't call it a restaurant in front of Mandy. Uh, it's a tap room and kitchen. Um, I like it's that. casual. It's sort of come and go as you please. Stay, stay for a beer or two. Uh, watch the entire game. Like arrive with three friends. Have six join you after. It's like I don't know. We'll have lots of communal seating. Um, it's just different than a, a typical restaurant. Um, given the area, will you? Do you think you're going to feel the pull to start playing soccer games in left field brewery? Yes. <laughs> We've already been contacted by like five TFC supporter groups to be their home base. So really? Yeah. I, I, this isn't, I'm just making it up on the spot, but it's like the red shirt boys and the, this and that guys. And it's the like, red shirt everyone is... I hope it's B O I S by the way, <laughs> the red shirt boys. Yeah. <laughs> We don't, so, okay, we don't know the first thing about soccer and I yeah. guess we're going to have to figure it out, but uh, the baseball game on the TVs is always going to take priority. Okay. That was my next question. There's a Jays game and there's a TFC game. <laughs> what are you playing? That's a pretty like, big debate right now at um, uh, Wagstaff because we only have like the one channel and it's like five TVs and they all have to play the same thing. Uh, but at, in the new location, we've got 30 TVs and three different channels. So you can have three different types of sports playing at the same time. Okay. So right now is it Jays no matter what? Yes. 
even if it's like, I mean, this is a good season because it mattered pretty much the whole time. But when it's the end of season and someone's like, come on, there's a game that matters. Would you guys stick to your guns? Yeah, well, we stick to our guns. They'll still be on, on the other screens. There'll there'll be options. No, no, I mean now. I get it. You're selling out to soccer. I heard you. <laughs> <laughs> no, that'll be a good crowd for you guys. You'll have to do something like, you're going to have to be like left pitch brewery or something. Like you can't call it a field anymore. <laughs> on the days when there's a soccer game, you're going to have to change it up. And I don't know how they feel about mayonnaise, those soccer hooligans, too. You may have to. Yeah. I'm, I'm equally not interested in hockey, so lump it all together. Would you rather watch? We're going to do Would You Rather. This is a special mini, <laughs> mini Pels Corner. Would you rather watch the Leafs or TFC? Um, I'm not sure. What? Because. <laughs> really? Wrong answer. The red shirt boys are listening. <laughs> <laughs> I've never Good watched. You're alienating game. both fan bases. I've, I've never watched the TFC game on the TV, and I've watched Leafs games, and I know I don't like it. So, well, I've been to a TFC game, and it's great experience for the yeah. last four minutes of the game for sure. And I will never pay to see a Leafs game, but I have seen the Wings pay there when someone else paid for my ticket, and it was pretty fun. But uh, it's it's stupid. It's 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 a horrible fan experience. Like if you think the Jays are bad, I think the Leafs are worse. Chris goes because he's a banker and there's always corporate tickets, which is the problem with the arena. It's all bankers. Absolutely. I say that every time. Uh, what What about, okay, new question, Raptors or Argonauts? Oh, I, oh, I'm easy. much more interested in basketball. Yeah, the Raptors for sure. When I was younger, I would watch like Sunday triple header, all three games uh, and Jordan would be playing and like, that was my era. So I'm, I'm a lot more interested in basketball. I think we're awesome. the same age, Mark. Yes. <laughs> you're into basketball, then yeah. <laughs> then we're the same. I've looked at like Jordan of, when you were 12, Ben. Come on. Uh I don't think I did care about basketball at all when I was 12. No. I went to a few Pistons games, which is a good was not a good experience that <laughs> <laughs> the Palace of Auburn Hills, beautiful place. Beautiful. Yeah. Um Okay, I, I just randomly remember. Do you guys remember when I was pushing you so hard to do short cans and you were so like, they're the worst. They don't make any sense. And now it's all short cans. So I don't remember that. I take That's credit not, for that. I think that was our idea. That doesn't sound like something we would say. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go back through the emails and the texts because you guys used to have the bottles only. And I was like, short cans, okay. short cans. And Mark, was- you always said it wasn't it wasn't as a logical uh, economic argument. Like because the short cans, it was like X amount to do this much more so you may as well just do the tall boys or a bottle anyway well, i'll find got, it i'll find it i've got okay, the receipts that our progression was bombers to tall cans to short cans i don't know why it took so long to get to short cans but we've been short can lovers forever not forever i'll find it <laughs> <laughs> let's see the emails yeah i remember because you you said it was be- economies of scale made more sense for tall boys or something i i don't know but i vividly remember and i was like this is all me <laughs> yeah. it might I, be true Ben is obsessed with short cans. I still question our general decision on short cans. Um, And I know you had a post recently about Anderson getting into tall cans. I think customers, especially the LCBO customer, uh, wants tall cans. And we hear so many people still poo-pooing on um, short cans. I think it's you want what you don't have. And because the LCBO mandated or essentially mandated tall cans, it was like there were no short cans. So you're like, man, I wish we had that. I've said that before, like now that everyone is basically a tall can or a handful of short cans, I miss long neck bottles. 
because they're not around anymore. Like I, I have great memories of tipping back a naughty neighbor in the three, whatever it is, three thirty-three, or I don't even know, three fifty-five. No, that's yeah. three forty-one. Ben, come on. Sorry, I don't know. I'm, well, I'm, I think I don't believe in the metric system. I think the tall can piece is a, is a little bit math based. People don't want to do math when they're buying alcohol, and they can't compare pricing when they're uh, when they're looking at two different two different vessels. Yeah, yeah right. Like more beer in this one. I'll buy. Yeah, once one. once some breweries, um, you know, blew the the price ceiling off, like with a five dollar IPA. Once that was a thing, then um, it didn't really matter taller short can. It should be similarly priced per milliliter. But yeah, for the longest time, you could never dream of charging five dollars a tall can. Like the ceiling was three dollars in the LCBO, um, say eight years ago. But now that's still my ceiling, to be honest. Like it's, <laughs> it's getting Canuck. tougher to yeah, be cheap, Canuck, Canuck. but it's, it's getting a lot cheaper. Yeah, there's a Canuck on my desk and a frozen rope, and I'm debating what's next. <sighs> Got to save these expensive ones. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I saw a five dollar can of pig from bellwoods in my lcbo yeah. and i was like ah, i'll buy one and then it was three months old I'm like, no i'm not paying five dollars for a three-month-old ipa <laughs> just like i'll put my foot down on that i also have greenwood on tap in my garage so i didn't really, I didn't really need to buy that <laughs> oh yeah your boy barry comes by once in a while he's been on the show <laughs> it's not keg delivery service to london yeah he's uh well this is like inside baseball He's very happy to be working for you guys. So as in case you didn't know, he seems like a great fit knowing you two and him. So that's, that was a good get. And your boy, Tori, man, that guy's a, that guy's a marketing machine for, I'm, I'm sure there's sometimes where you look at his shit and you're like, what are you doing, dude? But it's always amusing. No, it's also always been, great. He's, yeah. he's great. He's awesome. The the two of them are fantastic. We're really lucky to have, have them being our, our sales team. I feel like anytime I know a personality because of their work, promoting a brewery it's a good thing you know what i mean like that that person is out there doing that and i think it speaks highly of the company because who would want to like tie themselves to a brand you know unless they were like invested so there's just like a handful of people that i know that are tied to a brand like i know carmen really well at bellwoods and i see her and i'm like yeah she gets it because she's invested because it must be a good place to work so that's a kind of authentic voice that you're like this is you know, these people are doing it and it makes me, it makes me feel good giving you my money for this very expensive frozen rope. No, I'm just, <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. Are you looking for a smooth, lightly filtered lager with a balanced taste and crisp finish? Grab the bull by the horns. Longhorn Lager from Farmer's Creed Beer is available at select beer and LCBO stores now. Details at FarmersCreedBeer.com. Um, can we talk about Schneider though? I mean, he, I, he gave your beer a shout out probably because he helped make this one. That was, you got some news out of that one. I saw a couple outlets that were, that, that was the, uh, that was the second beer he made with us. Um, we did a collab with him the previous year too. And when we brewed it, he, uh, he was the, the bench coach. Uh, oh, is that how it began? Oh, okay. So you did one first. What was the first one? It was called magic number. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Okay. With I him and, and Dan Shulman together. Um, yeah. The collab was originally with Dan Shulman, and then he asked, sorry, that clickety-clacking noise is just wriggly pacing around that. I got a dog who needs his nail cut, nails cut, too, and I got <laughs> laminate floors outside my office. I hear that all day. Um, yeah, Dan Shulman was a, has been a supporter for a long time, and um, during COVID, we were exchanging some messages, and he said, maybe we can make a, we, we suggested maybe we can make a beer together someday, and then after 
uh, some of the COVID restrictions dropped, he he got in touch and said, let's make that beer uh, and asked if he could bring in his, um, what did he call it? His beer consultant or his his brewery, his beer aficionado friend. And we're like, yeah, sure, whoever you want. Uh, didn't tell you who it was. And it ended up being uh, John Schneider. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a lot of fun making Magic Number with them. And then we invited them back the next year to make, uh, to make Frozen Rope. And they've been really great supporters of ours. Yeah. Plus Frozen Rope just won a gold medal at the um, Canada Beer Cup. Sweet. What did it beat Congratulations. out? It beat out all of the hazy IPAs. In Canada. In Canada. <laughs> they all entered this year? That's amazing. <laughs> Every single one wow. of them. Wow. No, it was the part. most entered category we heard, so we were, we were very proud of that. Oh, that makes sense. Awesome. That seems to be the vibe these days. <laughs> okay, well, I was lobbing this, like I was maybe setting you up, but, but I mean, Schneider's a friend, but... Uh, yeah, so you may not... He's got to go, like, right? He's got to go. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> he's such a nice guy, and... Such a baseball guy has a great um, a great resume working with the guys all through the the minor leagues and everything. I just I don't blame it entirely on him the that that poll. So okay, okay. Also, like, how can you argue with stats? Like, that's what the stats said to do. I know you should like reevaluate it based on what you're seeing in the game, but it could have also went poorly if he left him in. Like. You don't know if it was There's, if it was your you money. Can't and you replay were, the game. Yeah, and you're making a bet. Aren't you going to go with? Are you going to go with? A couple. Of, there's a couple. I mean, you're putting it all in one decision. There's a few head scratching decisions down the down like at the end of the season. You're like, why would you? Like, I don't. Why would you leave Kirk on third? Like, there's like a handful of things. Like, these are just weird decisions to make. Anyway, I know we got to blame someone because it looked like we had all the pieces on paper, right? And you're like, why didn't this thing just click? So you got to find that a head's got to roll. I mean, it's you not can't his, fire the players. It's yeah. not his fault when you get picked off at second, exactly. Yeah, and we didn't score any runs. There's a lot of a lot of problems. Yeah. So, Mark, then are you are you a uh, a disciple of sabermetrics? Then, like, uh, is that that's no, the I'm not a disciple. Like, but if you're going to Vegas, you would play the odds, and that's exactly what John had to do. Um, I go gut. I'm the guys the in the room before Billy Bean came in. I'm the gut guy. Yeah. <laughs> like he's handsome. He's got a nice wife. Yeah. That's the guy. <laughs> yeah. No, no, uh, no Kirk Gibson pinch hit home run. No Kurt Schilling bloody sock. Those are all like, yeah, let's get him out of there. Stats say he's got to go. <laughs> the emotional part of the game. It's just numbers. Yeah. Mark's a bit of a numbers guy. <laughs> And no shit. The other way, you don't know. <laughs> Mark the accountant is a numbers guy, huh? How often is Barrios pitching a complete game shutout? Like, you know. Oh, I mean, how many? Not very often. He gets pulled out. The numbers yeah, say. How many times did give him a chance? That's exactly what I was about to say. I like the old days when the pitchers played whole games. Like I'm a Verlander yeah. used to do it all the time. Why not? Stick yeah, with your guy. Nolan Ryan was my favorite player growing up, so I know. He throws good punches too. <laughs> okay, I'm going to open the frozen rope. I'm going to do it. How do you guys come up with um, the names? I mean, obviously the baseball related, but frozen rope, magic number, both kind of a little deep cuts, right? I mean, you'd have to be, you'd have to be watching and listening to some old timey announcers to hear frozen rope uh, these days. And you know, magic yeah. number, good playoff beer. I feel yeah, frozen like rope the- comes up. Yeah, sometimes we tend to like those references where if you don't know what it is, you're like, hmm, and you want to learn a little bit more about it. Like it makes you kind of curious. Um, those are our, our favorite beer names. And we like whenever possible to have a 
it's not always possible, but to have a connection between like what's actually happening in the beer and the meaning of the name. And so sometimes it's a bit of a stretch. Sometimes it's non-existent, but. Well, frozen rope, we used almost exclusively cryo hops. So that's oh, cool. And start it with rope. <laughs> you got it. There's a frozen rope in every beer. <laughs> I feel the opposite. I feel like you guys having a, like a clear like guardrails. You you've got such an easy time. There's so many baseball. Like I feel like, like we, I feel like I've thrown you a dozen. And you must be like fuck off. Everyone sends us beer names. Like we have enough. The list is very long of the the like idea names that we have that we've not touched. And we... well, the, I mean, the list is also long of beer names we wouldn't use because they're too cheesy. Um, and we try and avoid try and avoid that. Laser shows probably my favorite just the clip of that laser skin. <laughs> if you can make a beer uh related to the perfect double tapered shit story which i'm sure you know that story. <laughs> okay mandy hasn't seen it i'll save it you guys can watch it on youtube after this but it's the greatest baseball story in history uh, maybe I'll just play it in its entirety at the end of this episode. <laughs> not sure about that as a beer name. We'll have to. Yeah. Double tapered shit is not a good idea for a beer name, but there's a lot of cool things he says in that. Straight fucking water would also work. Okay, I'm just going to run through the whole thing now. <laughs> no, I'm not. The, the real challenge is, um, I mean, with Liberty Village, it gives us the opportunity to do collabs in smaller batches. Um, that's been one of the, the things we haven't been able to do at Wagstaff just because the batch size is so much bigger. Um, and we're also focused on LCBO and, and licensee brands. Um, so trying to incorporate another brewery's um, theme into our baseball theme, uh, and sometimes they're not baseball fans whatsoever, is, <laughs> um, is challenging. But we have four collabs um, launching when we open the restaurant and um, three pretty fun names. <laughs> yeah, they're good. <laughs> Give us, come on, you can't tease us like that. Give us one. Well, you should only reveal the uh, the collab you've already. Oh, Mandy saw already that coming. Like, you've already not... revealed enough. Don't reveal more. <laughs> the one I mentioned with um, the other neighborhood breweries, that's not even baseball themed. It's just fun. <laughs> uh, so it's it's three breweries coming together to make a collab in the former three brewers with the brewer who used to brew at the three brewers. So I just sort of Google translated three brewers into all these different languages to find some inspiration. Um, and we, we settled on a German alt beer called Dre Brauer. I like it. Yeah. It sounds like a dry beer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. So will you be doing like a lot more experimentation? Things will be short lived. Like they're here and then they're gone because they're draft only. Is that the idea? That's right. It's an eight hex system. So, uh, we are not really sure how much beer we're selling out of those serving tanks yet, but uh, we think it gives us a lot of flexibility on an eight hex system to put in just about anything we want to try and not really have to worry about freshness or shelf life. Nice. So is it the same? I mean, you said 55 people. Is it largely the same brewing team or are you bringing in a new crew? No. So we actually have one brewer in the, in the house. Oh, wow. Getting the space set up, it was like um, a team effort. So our head brewer, Dan, myself, and our, another brewer, Pat, who's the lead brewer over in Liberty Village. Um, we were all learning the system and, and helping get it going and figuring out its quirks and also what was broken and what wasn't. Um, but Pat will run the day-to-day -day operations over there because, you know, on any single day, we're only doing a single batch rather than at Wagstaff, it's a double batch. Or we'll be transferring um, from a fermenter to a bright. And then there's no no canning line to run no kegs to wash 
no, you know, lots of things. So it's just a lot easier to handle as a, a one person show over there. Nice. Um, I'm conscious of time and I know you want to do Pell's Corner because Mark's like an OG Pell head. He's the Pell head boys. Uh, but we haven't touched on some important stuff. When do you open? When When's the party? I was afraid you were going to ask. <laughs> <laughs> when can I come? I don't really care when you open your doors. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, we have beer pouring. You can come anytime, Ben. Well, okay. I'll, be, I'll show you around. I'll get in the car this weekend. <laughs> you let us know when you're going to be around and we'll, we'll show you around. No, we're okay. really close. Um, I, I feel like it's bad luck to say a day because it's like there's so much that can go wrong between now and then. Um, if all goes well, we're recording this Tuesday night. What is it? The 6th, 7th, November 7th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be open 10 days from now if everything stays according. Oh, wow. Okay. You're right there. Yeah. yeah but, as long uh, as we get our final licenses in place and our men's washroom situation works itself out, uh, then we should be able to open. Oh, okay. That sounds. <laughs> I'm intrigued. Yeah. Tell some, us back, some back ordered flush valves that are just not coming in. So guess what? Gender neutral bathrooms, problem solved. <laughs> <laughs> There's one bathroom for everyone. <laughs> okay. So 10 days. Wow. Okay. I mean, yes. Barring something falling through or whatever. Um, that sounds amazing. If it, if it goes, uh, if it goes wrong, we're going to blame this podcast because you made us made us share the date. No, this podcast will boost sales enormously. It's called the Beer and Bullshit Bump. We put some brewers on the map. They come on the show and they hit the big time. Um, and I, I, we didn't talk about like I, I feel like I could talk to you guys forever. Decor. I saw you were unveiling like Oxford pennants. I love that. I love that. I don't know how you found that company, but I, I've been following them forever too. They make cool shit. So I feel like I already know the vibe because I know what you, the vibe you're going for. But Oxford pennant seems like a good fit. Am I going to feel like I'm watching a game at an old, you know, an old bar in Chicago or Detroit? Is that kind of what we're going for? I hope I hope you feel that way, because, yeah, that's exactly what we're exactly what we're going for. And as we first walked through the space, we actually first looked at the space when the three brewers was um, trying to to sell the business. And that was back in 2019. And our first impression as we walked through, it was like, this feels like those old that old like pub vibe from like the the places around Wrigley Field. and um, the, the the bars around Fenway like it really felt that way to us and that with a little bit of like left field with a few left field touches on it that we could really make it feel like our own and um, that's what a lot of the exercise has been because the the brew system was in place and it's like a great a great system the kitchen's in place we have top of the line equipment like it, it was really more of like a furniture and decor and branding project moving into the space we didn't do any major moves of like bars or kitchen yeah. equipment or anything like that yeah it feels partly like those those bars you're mentioning, but also like your childhood bedroom. Um, <laughs> so like a Pamela Anderson? Too many of the, <laughs> Pamela Anderson that's poster? That's so weird. Well, I don't know. Wolverine there, stuff? One, one obvious thing is like there's a baseball card wall. So like right. uh, not wallpaper, but single baseball cards. Uh, 80, the 89 top set is on a wall. So. Sweet. Nice. <laughs> All right. Good season. Yeah. yeah. So um, there's a lot of things like that. Honestly, I feel like the, I mean, I know you guys well. I know you wouldn't jump in anything. You're doing things right. And I thought, I know the brand and the space. It sounds like you're going to be printing money in a year. Let's be honest. <laughs> you guys are going to be swimming in cash soon. <laughs> That'd certainly be helpful right about now. Any <laughs> bank would like that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of bankers waiting to make sure. All right. Let's do, you want to do some Pell's Corner? 
We got, and then we'll do Pell's Corner, and then Mandy has to go listen to George Brett tell a story about shitting his pants. Story <laughs> in baseball. Uh, Chris, are you ready for Pell's Corner? I know you are, right? You know it. Yes, sir. You have the, you have the new theme song ready? Um, it's not quite ready. I mean, still getting mastered. It's in post-production, okay. though. We'll, we'll play the old one. Here we go. Get into it. I'm going to, I'm guessing this is going to be baseball related. <laughs> it is definitely going to be baseball related. And uh, free question for you with your 1989 top set. Who won the World Series in 1989? I wouldn't know. I, is, this, I, is this part of the question? <laughs> it's going to be baseball trivia. I just thought, uh, you know, with the top set on the wall there. Who won the most World World Series out there? Just go with that. Yankees? Well, I mean, Dodgers? that'd be the Yankees, but we'll go with the Yankees, I guess. No, the Yankees were terrible in the 80s. That was <laughs> 89. So 88 was was Gibson with the home run. No, that's right. I was. You don't even fucking know the answer to the question. <laughs> I didn't. It's not one of my prepared questions. It, that 89, yeah. I'm, I'm almost certain, was the the uh, the Oakland San Francisco World Series yeah, with the earthquake. It was the yeah, A's so. and the A's and the Giants. Yeah, I didn't the, choose uh, the, the 89 set because that was my favorite year. You know, we were only seven at that time. Um, just I'm just googling to make sure that will include Lloyd Mosby in a Blue Jays uniform, and I believe it will. Yeah, yeah, that was my slow pitch team in Toronto, the Lloyd Mosby Invitational, and we had a picture of Lloyd Mosby. <laughs> Still a great shirt, great shirt. Okay, with that really riveting warm up, let's get to Pell's yes, Corner that's for a good real. Warm up there. <laughs> I just want to talk about the earthquake, the Rock Candlestick Park in that World Series. Most um, of these questions are earthquake related. Yeah, it's mostly tangential baseball stuff. So, uh, no, it's all baseball related. Less and less excited. Okay, go. This so beer's delicious, are, by the way. Is, Cheers you, to You are one. individual contestants here, Mandy and Mark. You can't collaborate, and you are taking on Ben, our host, who has already suggested he will lose badly to both of you. So It may have been my suggestion now. that you two compete against each other so you don't just dust me. <laughs> I'm terrible at all forms of trivia. Oh, okay. Feeling good. Feeling good. Uh, I'll start with an, uh, what I think is an easy one. What is the nickname of the team that had eight members accused of throwing the 1990, 1919 World Series? Black Sox? I was going to say, what's their team name or the, the nickname for the Black Sox? Well, I said the nickname, yeah. Well, that's what you call the team name. Technically, it is their nickname, but yeah. Mark chimed in first. You haven't really. Is this a buzzer system? <laughs> is there a buzzer? Yeah. Uh, there will be more questions that are less buzzer related. Uh, that one was an obvious one. I'm going to give everyone a point, even though you didn't guess, Mandy, but it seemed quite obvious the correct answer was given. Um, outside. <laughs> it's my only baseball related one on here, I think. Great movie, uh, by the way. Eight Men Out. Watch it tonight. John Cusack as Shoeless Joe. Who, uh, uh, how, how, what was the most innings in a major league baseball game ever? Most innings played. Mm. Wow, that's a good one. Can we have to be dead on? No, point goes to whoever guesses closest to the actual number of innings in the longest major league baseball game ever. I'm going to go with 27. I was going to say 23. I was so. going to say 21. 
and a point to mark with a 26-inning game between the Brooklyn Robins and Boston Braves dating back to May 1st, 1920. Mm. Bonus question, what team is the, did the Brooklyn Robins become? Current Major League Baseball team. Cardinals? That's what I was going to say. <laughs> you just say that, well, Mark said what I was going to say. I'll say Orioles just because it's another bird. Mandy says the Cincinnati Reds. <laughs> did you say that, Mandy? No, I, she I did. No, I'm questioning all the other answers, but I don't have a good one of my own. Uh, <laughs> sure. so the Brooklyn Robins became the Brooklyn Dodgers, who became the LA Dodgers. Oh, that was too mm-hmm. obvious to just become the other Brooklyn team. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, who has the most leadoff home runs in Major League Baseball history? George Springer. No. <laughs> no. Ricky Henderson? The most leadoff home runs. Cecil Fielder. <laughs> he was he was a fast leadoff hitter there, Ben. That's a good guess. Yeah, you wouldn't put him in leadoff. Uh, Mandy? Nothing. I don't know. It was written, in fact, Ricky Henderson. 81. 81 home runs to start a game. It's impressive. Yeah. That is pretty good. I'm not Googling. I'm just trying to find baseball sounds on my soundboard. I would never cheat. Uh, Joe DiMaggio, winner of nine World Series, holds the record for most consecutive games with a hit. How many games? <clears throat> this should be easy. but Mark, I, I would prefer if you maybe guessed last <laughs> to leave a little bit <laughs> We can stop Ben from saying, well, I was going to say what Mark said. No, it's always been true. Uh, I don't think he went a whole season with a hit every game, so it's got to be less than a whole season. Uh, f- 55. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll say I was gonna say 58, but I'll say 69 because it's funny to say 69. <laughs> yeah, I was I was gonna say it should be easy, and then my first like thought was 61, but that was Roger Maris's home runs, so it's either 61 or 62, I think. Uh, Mandy's taking this one. 56 games for oh. Jordan Joe. It used to be a, a MLB. Um... <laughs> <laughs> it used to be an MLB like game you could play is choose a person that'll get a hit every day. And um, fans would be invited to do that. And no one would get up to 56 to correctly guess someone to get a single hit every single day. Because you're bound, you know, on day 10, you choose you know springer and he goes over three or whatever like it's like oh you pick a new guy every day yeah new guy every day and no one would ever win no one would ever get 56 in a row no it's impossible i mean you look at guys like tony gwynn and some of these great dogs (laughs) you know they might get 15 strikeouts in the whole season but that doesn't mean they're getting a hit in consecutive games like that it's a wild streak i think the second longest is 42 and that happened you know maybe 10 years ago um, random one here. Which country produces the most major league baseball players per capita than any other? Cuba. Dominican. Go Dominican. It is in fact Curacao. I, uh, I never oh, wow. would have guessed that in a million years. Wow. But. Okay. Andrew Jones. There you go. 
He visited he, the brewery. Yeah, he's been to left field. All right, I'm going to give you guys both a bonus point because you had Kurosawa born Andrew Jones into your brewery. <laughs> You're getting crushed, Ben. You're not getting any bonus points like that. Um, Everybody slumps once in a while. Then you're given a little bit of a break on this one as a Tigers fan, but Uh-oh. we had back-to-back World Series for the Blue Jays, 92, 93. I was at the game with Joe Carter. Um, <laughs> but Company tickets? Were, what's that? Company tickets? Well, I mean, <laughs> He's I like was, nine. <laughs> 12. I was 12. I was with my dad. Uh, <laughs> the bank. He's um, a 12-year-old banker. <laughs> you know, I was making deals. Um, who were the Blue Jays World Series MVPs in 92 and 93? Well, Pat Borders was one of them. And mm, I'll let Ben guess. Roberto, Roberto Alomar? No. No? <laughs> no. I'll let Ben guess and then I'll shit on his ass. <laughs> was it Joe Carter? No, I don't think it was. I know it was Pat Borders. Mm-hmm. And um, like I want to say Paul Molitor, but I think that's wrong. So I not stick with that answer. <laughs> I'll take Molitor. He let Molitor. <laughs> it was Borders in '92 and Molitor in '93. Uh, Nicely done. I would have had Borders, but not Molitor. I, I, I wouldn't have pulled that one. Um, speaking of Joe Carter and my attendance at that game that you guys what brought did that up. have to do with being a Tigers fan you're like Ben's a Tigers fan here's two more questions about the you Jays. don't know you don't know anything about the Blue Jays in 92 and 93 when you're 11 12 years old correct talk to me you're about like Lou Whitaker and Alan Trammell are awesome the Tigers let's won go let's go <laughs> um Joe Carter was one of only two players to ever win the World Series with a walk-off home run who is the other Kirk hmm. Gibson no. It was a pivotal home run that he had, and I it know. was a walk-off, not for the World Series victory. Um, my first idea is Altuve, but probably wrong. I think it's going to be somebody from the Red Sox. I think it's recent, like last 20 years, right? Not older than that. It was 73 years ago. Uh, 63 years ago. Excuse me. My math is off. Scott Thunderjack. <laughs> <laughs> it was Bill Mazeroski. I don't think this one's going to get. Come on, out. these questions. Oh. What? <laughs> you guys don't know Maz? <laughs> Jesus. He led the Major League Baseball in career double play balls for a non first base. I might just start playing the double play ball broken in 2009. <laughs> All right. Here's another one. This one's a little random, but I'd like your guesses at it. What slugger's name is composed? Solely of four body parts. What's <laughs> it's four body parts jammed together. That's his first and last name. First and last, four body parts. Yeah. Is it finger, thumb, foot, hand? <laughs> I know. Uh, he, I don't think he made it out of the college. He, he's a hot prospect. I liked how quickly you said that. That was a good, good effort. <laughs> Clever. I mean, foot's got to be in there. Best it? I don't know. <laughs> Hand? I'm going to give you a bonus point, Ben, for that quick answer. Oh, uh, Tony. Not a body part. Toes Toe, and... knee. 
Oh, Tony. Is that it? Yeah. it come, oh, wow. Jesus. That's right. the first name. Nicely done. Tony right. Chestnut. Yeah, like your uncle. Tony Chestnut. That's Tony knows. Knows I love you. Do you know that song? <laughs> Tony Foreskin. No, Tony. <laughs> That's only one body part. I said four body parts. Tony. Tony oh, knows. Yeah. Uh, no, foreskin is one body part. Yeah. Not, not it yours. Was... It's huge. It's more like a five skin. <laughs> it's Tony Arm Ass. Oh, oh my God. And what is he known for? <laughs> be, that. This... <laughs> so, a couple of these questions were okay. from the Baseball Hall of Fame. I'm like, what are these questions? Like, these are the most ridiculous <laughs> questions. It was like, have I a brief pause for a pennant question, a story related to Boston? Maybe I told this on the show before. But we were at a game back in the day. I don't know if you guys remember. You could pay. Well, you obviously remember. You could pay two dollars to go sit in the. So like, Boston fans and New York fans, it was like cheaper to get a bus and a hotel to come up and watch a game. So it was like mostly Boston and New York fans in the five hundreds when you'd go see a game there. And I remember Boston was in town, and we were having this like spirited debate. We couldn't remember the last time that the Jays won a pennant. We were like going on and on for like a couple beers and like 30 minutes. And eventually the guy in front of us, a Red Sox fan, he just turns around. He goes, the fucking banners are right there. <laughs> like he was just listening to us for half an hour, just getting madder and madder. And he was like, just look. <laughs> That's my Red Sox story. It was good. And then we're just like, ah, fair play. <laughs> you got us. Okay. Continue. <laughs> All right. Got a, uh, Another number-based one here. Most pitches taken in an at-bat since 1988. That's as far as my data goes back. Most pitches in an at-bat. I feel like it was Bo Bichette or Derek Peter. <laughs> 22. That's a lot of pitches. I'll go 19. I was going to say closer to 30. I think 27. In one at-bat? Yep. 21. Wow. But I'm going to give you a point too, Mandy, because the most in a professional game is 33. That, that would be amazing. In, what? Double A I ball. Don't <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. Oh, that's professional, but not majors. Oh, I gotcha. Um, yes, I guess Mandy, I didn't specify these guys, major. I think Mandy baseball. and I can agree. You guys are nerds and we're <laughs> just here for a good time. I have that. Well, I, I have I'm wait, over Mark's head, I have that uh mitt. Drawn by Dave Murray. You guys right. mailed that. Was that your fifth anniversary or something like that? You sent those out? I forget oh, why. First Christmas. I think it was our first something. year Christmas. First card. year? Yeah. First year. Not up in this room. I had to look around, but I've got it somewhere. Continue. I have a question <laughs> for you. How far away is the mound from home plate? 60 foot six. I'm not going to. All right, Ben, what's your guess? <laughs> I was going to say 60 and a half. Uh, <laughs> Ariel, I, I probably right. would have said 40 feet for some reason. Bonus question How high does that pitching mound rubber need to be off the ground? How high does it need to be off the ground? Oh, it restarted. How high does the does the mound need? Sorry, the rubber need to be off. You the got ground? your mound, you got the rubber in the center of the mound. How far is that mound off the ground? Or sorry, the, not, the rubber. It's not the elevation of, of the rubber from like ground level or it's from like 
Yeah, measured from nice. ground level, Mark. That's correct. Do you know both of those, you fucking nerd? <laughs> I don't know either of those. Off the dirt, it's three inches, but off the ground. <laughs> and off sea level, it's usually. <laughs> I have no idea. I would guess a couple of feet. I'm going to say three feet. I don't know. Not that high. Two feet. Two Twelve. and a half feet. Twelve inches. The mound is pretty high. I feel, like the, I feel like the mound's a good foot. And then I'm going to throw another. I'm going to say a foot and a half. It is only 10 inches. Oh, wow. I was surprised. Yeah. I thought the mound, it seems more daunting. Maybe I'm picturing stepping into the batter's box with Randy Johnson throwing to me or something like that. But that 10 inches feels higher. It seems a lot higher. Even thinking of, uh, yeah, when they come down on it, it seems like they're quite high up. Yeah, it's I've always been on funny the mound. I've been on the fall. mound at, at the Sky Dome. My dad threw it the first pitch, and he took me and my brother out. He threw to Pat Borders. Mm. Wow. I don't know why he got to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. What did your dad do to earn that honor? I don't know. He was an executive at General Motors. It must have been a slow day. <laughs> <laughs> and he got to throw to World Series MVP, 1992 World Series MVP, Pat Borders? Uh, he would not have been the MVP yet. I bet it predated that. I feel like it was like I was like 10, mm. which puts us at 91. I see you guys doing the math. I'll beat you. It's close. <laughs> well, That's all I got. Mark, you were the winner. Mandy, a clear second place. Ben. <laughs> I mean, I knew I was going to lose. You had all it, was all, it was Jay's focus. I mean, the fix was there. Thanks for doing the show, guys. I feel like we could talk a lot more, but it's late and um, I'm tired. <laughs> I think I'll go home now. Yeah, uh, we will talk. We will talk at your new location soon. Looking forward to seeing you both in Liberty Village. Yeah, and if you're like, okay, when you get when you get closer to the fact if it's ten days and there's going to be a big old party, I'm imagine there's going to be a soft, quiet launch. But if there's going to be a party, let us know. We'll come out and we'll, we'll maybe we can brew a collab. We'll do we'll brew double double tapered brown ale. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good luck, guys. I know you're in it right now, but it's going to be amazing. I, I can tell, so I'm excited Thank for you. you. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. All right, thanks, guys. Good chat with you guys. Bye. A longhorn. Longhorn lager? Do I look like a sarsaparilla man to you? One longhorn coming up. Longhorn lager by Farmer's Creed Beer. Grab the bull by the horns at select beer and LCBO stores. Say hi to your cat. Let's go. Okay, bye. Wait. Let's go. Hello? Let's go.